Hello and welcome back to the Sports Credential Podcast. I am your host, the editor of the Sports Credential, Stephen Boero. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you guys are enjoying these shows. I'm Once again, I'm enjoying doing these shows for you guys so much. I hope you guys have enjoyed this past week. Uh, tons of great sports going on. NBA are in playoffs. NHL's about to start playoffs. Baseball's in full swing. Sounds, uh, Vandy Boys. Uh, we got tons of baseball going on in town. Uh, we have a great episode ahead of you. We're going to be talking titans and titans draft as well as where the titans should be looking and where they may be going in terms of rebuilding this roster for the 2023 season uh but first let's hit on a couple topics like i said uh, nhl playoffs are starting and sadly for the first time since 2014 your national predators will not be in the playoffs it's been a really interesting season really tough at times Obviously, with the shakeup with David Poyle announcing his retirement and Barry Trotz coming in, there was a lot in the air. Is this team going to be sellers? Are they go- are they going to be buyers? Um, there were a lot of questions last season regarding that too, because they were just hanging on to that second wild card spot, and they wound up getting swept by the Avalanche, who went on to win the whole thing. But going into this season, there were a lot of questions about that too, especially if. John Hines was the right guy. Did they make the right choice uh, signing Forsberg to that long-term deal? It was really interesting of how this season kind of unfolded. And at the deadline, the Predators were sellers. They sold off a lot and picked up a lot of cap space. They picked up a lot of, in, a lot of draft picks, a lot of draft stock. Um, and even with all of that, this team found a way to be in the conversation pretty much down to the wire. Preds have two games left, uh, both at home this Thursday and Friday, and you wouldn't have thought that they would have been in this situation in February, probably January, but they had a fantastic February. They had a really solid March, and they they kept things interesting. They had that OT, uh, that, that shootout thriller against Calgary a few days ago. I mean, it's really... Uh, unbelievable how well this team has played despite their situation and being sellers and looking to rebuild under Barry Trotz starting next season. It just shows that this team still has great pieces, even after selling off a lot of guys and trading off a lot of guys and trying to pick up some draft pieces for this season and the next season, that they still have Roman Yossi. They still have Matt Duchesne. They still have Philip Forsberg. And they still have Juicy Soros. And those guys, including a handful of young guys that we've seen a little bit of this year, and obviously the young guys in Milwaukee that are gonna, probably going to be getting some shots at the Preds next season, they still have a really solid foundation. And uh, when looking at a team, you always want to see what's the foundation of the team. And with hockey, the foundation's always going to be goaltender. If you have a top-tier goaltender, you're always going to be a contender. You're always going to be able to compete and fight for a playoff spot. And once you're in the playoffs, you're it's anyone's game. We, we've we always seen how crazy NHL playoffs can be and how really anyone can get have an opportunity to take a shot and make their way to the Stanley Cup final, as we saw the Preds do back in 2016-2017. With Juicy Soros there and having that long-term deal this team has a foundation to build off of 
And with a guy like Barry Trotz, who's just a brilliant hockey man, knows his team. And with David Poyle um, taking a step back, but still being somewhat involved, it seems like if I was a Preds fan, um, I would feel very confident and very excited about what the future holds for this franchise. Because despite all the questions about this team, you know, digging themselves into a hole and how they're going to be stuck in this stagnant state of being mediocre and, you know, kind of like this limbo state. I think David Poyle made the right decision into having Barry work with him uh, the second half of the season, selling off some big pieces, you know, but keeping a lot of the major key players and setting up this team to really build off of something good for the future. So, yeah, it stinks that they're not in the playoffs, but I think a lot of Preds fans knew that the playoffs were kind of off the table. But for how well they've played these last two months, it's just been really exciting. And I think a lot of Preds fans should be have a lot of hope going into next season. It's going to be a lot of lots of fun. And they still got two games left. Um, obviously, they don't mean anything, and they're against Minnesota and Colorado, the two best teams in the Western Conference. But, hey, it's going to be two great games to, for these uh, Preds fans to go watch their team before the season comes to an end, and maybe they can uh, take a point or take two points away from two big-time rivals and uh, two Stanley Cup champion favorites in Colorado and Minnesota. So it'll be fun. And... um we're definitely going to be focusing on and talking Preds later on, especially when the NHL draft comes closer because Preds have a handful of picks, and it's going to be really interesting what they do, and it's going to be really interesting what this team is going to look like for next season. So we're going to spend some time talking about the Preds, hopefully next week or uh, later this month. Um, also want to touch upon Vandy boys. Uh, this Vanderbilt baseball team, I think I talked about last week, they're good. Everyone knew they were going to be good. Everyone knew they're going to be top 10, top five in the country. But I don't think anyone expected them to be as dominant as they are, especially offensively. I mean, uh, Devin Futrell uh, on the mound has been fantastic. And it, it, they've been a really, really fun team to watch. This weekend, they got South Carolina. And after that, they ha- they're at Tennessee. And after that, they're hosting Kentucky. Those are all top 10, top 15 teams in the country. Um, it's going to be really exciting baseball. And even though the sounds are professional and uh, Vanderbilt collegiate, it's hard to get your hands on a ticket for those Vanderbilt baseball games. If you can, I highly recommend going to a couple of those games or at least watching them on TV because it's going to be some of the most exciting baseball you're going to see probably this month, regardless of minor league, major league, college, doesn't matter. It's going to be unbelievable baseball this month between Vanderbilt taking up hosting South Carolina, hosting Kentucky and then going to Knoxville to play the Vols. It's going to be lots of fun and there's going to be a lot on the line. If Vanderbilt can survive these next couple of weeks, they're going to be set and they're probably going to be championship college world series favorites. If not, you know, they're going to have to figure a way out because the rest of the season is unbelievably difficult um, taking on teams like, Arkansas. I mean, these are top tier teams and SEC baseball. It just continues to be the best in the country. So if you're a baseball fan and you want to get your baseball kick, another another area to get your baseball kick, um, look no further than uh, Vanderbilt baseball because they're just unbelievable and they're so much fun to watch. 
But for our main topic, I want to talk Titans. As all of you know, if you don't, I don't know if you've been living underneath the rock. Jeffrey Simmons has signed a four-year contract extension with the Titans, this being Rand Carthon's first big deal since taking on the role as general manager. Um, really exciting. A lot of a lot of fans were definitely concerned of whether or not Jeffrey would be coming back, uh, especially with a lot of cuts and a lot of moves and the rumors about Kevin Byard having to take a pay cut. So once again, you hear all these rumors, all this speculation, all this discussion and debate from radio hosts and podcasters and columnists and who heard what and this and that but it's a done deal jeffrey simmons is going to be a tennessee titan for the next four years at least um obviously one of the biggest players and most impactful players for the titans over these last at least definitely two seasons even three seasons i mean the man had 24 uh, solo tackles by himself this year, 54 overall. He had, I believe, 7.5 sacks this year, um, 8.5 last year. He is just so impactful and makes such a difference for this team. Uh, these last few years, you look at what the best aspects of the team have been. Obviously, Derrick Henry's been king and has been the forefront of this offense, but this Titans defense has been unbelievable. And uh, I think that's what you have to tip your hat to Coach Vrabel uh, putting together this team and w- along with his coaching staff, putting together this defense. And you look to not this past season, but two seasons ago when they were the number one team coming out of the AFC and going into the playoffs, they were the best team because they had the best defense. And if you look at that performance against the Bengals, uh, I know a lot of fans try to push that performance out of their minds because of how Poorly, Ryan Tannehill and the offense performed. That defense was unbelievable. That defense was unbelievable. If the offense were able to, you know, not turn over the ball as much, cut, take one turnover out of there, Titans would have won because the defense was just all over Joe Burrow. So, and you really have to contribute that to Jeffrey Simmons. He's been the forefront of that, and he's gonna, he's he's about to peak, and. These next four years, he's going to be a defensive player of the year candidate. He's going to be a sacks leader. Um, He's going to be a tackles leader, probably. He's going to be one of the best defensive players in the league. He's going to be, he could be up there with an Aaron Donald. He can be up there with a J.J. Watt. Um, It's going to be super fun to see, and he's going to be such an important part for this team, especially if they want to be competitors, which obviously Mike Vrabel wouldn't be the coach of the Titans right now if he didn't think or didn't want to make this team a playoff and a championship contender. If if they said, Mike, we're going to rebuild, it's going to be rough these next couple of years, he'd be like, yeah, I I think I'm out because he's a winner. He wants to win. Um, He's made that very clear. And I think with Rand coming in after working with San Francisco and helping with that team and the player development aspect, um, is he, he wants to come and he wants to build his new legacy. He wants to build his legacy, really. His first job as a general manager with a gr- good coach, a whole new coaching staff, a lot of players, a lot of player changes, a lot of cuts, a lot of new faces, a lot of old faces are gone. And there's a lot of work to do. There is a lot of work to do. And obviously the number one, I've said it, everyone else has said it, is offensive line. 
and that needs to be the Titans' number one priority going into this draft. Now, one thing I really want to talk on is about whether or not the Titans should draft up to try to get a quarterback. Right now, it looks like the speculation we're hearing from reporters and columnists and you know uh, draft guys who love to just talk and talk and talk about the draft and go through every single possibility is we're hearing that Titans may draft up to the number three and number four spot to try and draft Will Levis out of uh, Kentucky. Earlier today, the Titans' uh, own Jim Wyatt wrote a story on the Titans' website regarding uh, ESPN's Mel Kipper about his idea of the Titans possibly trading up to number three, trading with the Cardinals to select Anthony Richardson. And what makes that a real possibility is that the Cardinals' GM is former front office executive Monty Austinfort. He was with the Titans for a few years with john robinson and he was a candidate for the titans gm position a lot of people thought that he was going to get the job but um he decided to go to the arizona cardinals and be their new gm and they currently hold the number three pick he knows his team he knows these players he knows the players he likes and the players that he think would be good at the arizona cardinals so that's a very interesting situation we have right now as you have a former titan exec uh as a gm over at arizona and the titans are in the position where they're probably they're not going to be able to get one of the top three quarterbacks at the 11 the 11 overall pick but they might have a possibility to trade up with a guy who probably wants guys on the titans is willing to have those conversations with uh vrabel and Rand carthon's new uh front office team mel said um that making a move that the Titans could make a move to pick up quarterback Anthony Richardson out of Florida. Anthony Richardson uh, definitely showed off of how talented he was in the first half of the college football season. Even though I, I like Richardson, I think he's a great quarterback, I would definitely feel if the Titans were going to make a move, it should be for C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State. Mike Vrabel's an Ohio State man, and he still has connections there. And there were even some rumors flying around about him possibly becoming the next Ohio State quarter, uh, Ohio State head coach. But so he knows that program. He's very familiar with that program. If he wants to get in with that program and learn more about a certain player, he can do that. He's going he's to be able to know that. And I think that if he wants to know everything and anything about C.J. Stroud, he probably knows it. And I feel like that would be a great, connection because if you're going to go all in on a player it's going to be someone you're going to want to know everything about uh his background what he likes to eat you want to know everything about this guy and cj stroud is going to be that guy because mike rabel is going to know everything about him because he has that access and that connection to ohio state but that also goes for anthony richardson Rand carthon florida guy anthony richardson florida quarterback we know that Rand carthon was in florida for a pro day i believe um so he has these connections to Florida. He has these connections to the Gators. And once again, he's someone that if he wants to know everything about a certain player from that program, he's going to know. He's going to be able to find out because with his deep connections. So it wouldn't shock me if him and Coach Frabel are talking about Anthony Richardson, watching tape, learning more and more about him, not only as a player, but as a young man, and everything that goes with that. And it's uh, 
still a lot of questions. Is it worth? Because they're probably going to have to give up their obviously their first round pick and probably a, a second round pick to move up to number three to pick up C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson or even Will Levis. Who I I mean I don't think Will Levis is worth it. If they make a move for Will Levis, um, I would not be thrilled. <laughs> I feel like that would be a very poor decision. I I think Will Levis could have a great career in the NFL. I just as of right now on the surface, I just compared to his combine and how he finished his season last year. I just don't think that he would be worth giving up that much for. And if it were to blow up in the Titans face, it would you know put the franchise back five to seven years. But well, once again, it's all speculation, but we're talking about Anthony Richardson and CJ Stroud, who are, I think are guys that if the Titans are going to go after a quarterback, those should be their number two one and number two priorities those should be their top guys that they should be considering going in for but their biggest issue at the moment regardless of quarterback is the offensive line and a wide receiving core they could have tom brady in his prime throwing 40 touchdowns a year for a million yards all that stuff we saw the prime brady or prime peyton manning even prime Aaron Rodgers, like a, a 2015 Aaron Rodgers, it doesn't matter because he's not he has no one to throw to and they have no one to block for them. So it doesn't matter if it's top tier Tom Brady or if it's current Ryan Tannehill or if it's going to be Anthony Richardson coming in. If they don't have anyone to throw to and if they don't have anyone blocking for them, this offense is not going to go very far. And we saw that this year that if they had a wide receiver or at least two wide receivers, maybe that there was to help create some offense. If they had a stronger and at least healthier somewhat, just at least a, a, a good right tackle, a good left tackle that could, you know, be able to hunker down this offensive line. They probably would have been able to squeeze out a win or two at that, at the end of the season. And they probably would have been in the playoffs. So at the end of the day, even with Ryan Tannehill's faults, which he has, and there's still a lot of questions, is is he is he the guy to take the Titans all the way? I'm a, I I a few years ago, even this past season, I thought, yeah, I think he still is. After finishing the season, kind of rethinking and stewing on his performance and the Titans' overall performance, I'm not sure if he is that guy. Between injuries and his age, and seeing him, I think he's hit his ceiling. I think that he was good in the regular season and had some great moments. And when they needed him to be good, he, he was good at times. But when they needed him to be good in that game against Cincinnati, when they were the number one overall seed, and they had a great opportunity to, to go all the way with Derrick Henry coming back healthy for the playoffs, with that defense being good, with the offensive line being pretty solid, he choked and the Titans fell flat and that window of being a Super Bowl contender, possibly a Super Bowl champion, felt like it went from a pretty solid size to the size of a quarter. Because, especially the, after this last season, it, it it's still a whole lot of, can he be this guy? And I personally feel like he probably can't. Now, does that mean I believe they should make a move and trade up for Anthony Richardson or a C.J. Stroud or even a Will Levis? I still haven't really made my decision on that because 
there's still the issues with offensive line, even over wide receiver is you can, because you, you can draft a good wide receiver in the second, third, and even the fourth round, but an offensive lineman, those are going to go fast. Cause those are some of the most, th- those are the most important positions outside of quarterback and a running back and maybe an outside linebacker or safety, because like I just said, without an offensive line, you can't do anything. An off a decent offensive line would have gotten Titans uh, at least one more win this year. I, one hundred percent believe that, and without that, they they were a disaster. They were an absolute disaster. Even with Joshua Dobbs coming in late in the season, and even Malik Willis, I, I don't even want to throw Malik Willis underneath the bus and say he's a lost cause because you really can't judge any quarterback that played for this team this year because of how poor the offensive line was. So when you look at certain mock drafts, a mock draft from CBS. Uh, currently has Titans picking at 11th overall and them taking offensive lineman Peter Skoronsky. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Sorry. I have Northwestern, him being the number one overall uh, offensive lineman in the draft. He's someone that he can play left guard. He could also play left tackle. Um, We saw this past offseason the Titans did make a, a move and sign Andre Dillard. Um, very, very important. Another guy that is he going to play left guard? Is he going to play left tackle? And if you have another top tier wide receiver, I mean, they get a guy like Pierce Gronowski out of Northwestern. This is someone, God willing, he stays healthy and everything. And, uh, you know, but regardless of that, he's someone that you could lock down for 10 years and he couldn't be the backbone of this team. Like we saw Taylor Lewan be at times. And sadly, with injuries, he was not able to be that guy peter skronoski getting a player like him and creating having that foundation like i talked earlier about the preds nhl the foundation of any good team is going to be the goalkeeper and for football for me the the foundation of any good team is going to be quarterback and offensive line and maybe defensive defensive backs or defensive uh, outside linebackers if you can have three of those be either excellent or solid you have a foundation to build a team off of well you could have the best quarterback in the world and if the offensive line is bad you're not going to win a super bowl and you're probably not going to go very far far in the playoffs if you have a great offensive line and an okay quarterback you could probably go decently far maybe you won't go to the super bowl but you're going to have a really good team that's going to be competitive every year but if you have a mediocre quarterback and a bad offensive line aka the titans you're going to lose almost every game to end the season and you're going to miss the playoffs, and you're going to get outplayed by the Jacksonville Jaguars. That comes back to the question, what's more important, replacing Ryan Tannehill with a young talent that they can get in this draft or picking up that offensive lineman? I still think I'm leaning towards picking up that offensive lineman because if they can rebuild that offensive line, or I should say retool because that's the term people like to use because rebuild gets people scared retool that offensive line and maybe pick a wide receiver in the second round or the third round. Then from there, they can see is Ryan Tannehill that guy. Can Malik Willis be that guy? Because we can't forget that they they drafted Malik last year and uh, it would be just such a waste just to let him go. And no one's going to trade for him now because he didn't look good last year. And I think that just letting him go or letting him just sit on the bench as a third string or a practice quarterback 
would just be a real waste because we didn't really get a real chance to see him play with a defense, a, a, a decent offensive line or receiving court and if they can build that then we can really see container he'll be that guy again now with a better supporting cast around him someone to throw to someone to block for him can he bounce back and be that guy that we saw two years ago can malik possibly be that guy or even if he's good enough that could be good trade stuff a trade value He's someone that if he shows off and he's pretty good, he's someone that a team needs a young quarterback or needs a backup or needs someone that we could trade for for a pick. So once again, I I still feel like jumping the gun and giving away a a first round and a second round and maybe even a first round for next year for a quarterback when you still have an absolutely depleted offensive line and you have the worst receiving core in the NFL would be a big, big, big mistake. But – it's a sexy move. It's a fun move. It's one to give you a kickstart for the franchise. saying they made a move for Anthony Richardson. They made a big draft move, especially after last year when they traded AJ Brown to get the Eagles pick. And everyone was kind of like, that was the worst trade ever, which looking back, it probably was one of the worst trades ever in the history of the draft. But Doing another trade this year, going up for a top-tier quarterback, would be super, super exciting. But it all depends on how that quarterback plays. If Anthony Richardson falls flat, then it'll be a disaster. But once again, can you blame Anthony Richardson if the, if the Titans' offensive line is still an absolute mess? If, he, if the Titans still have no one for Richardson to throw to? I mean, talk about wasting a young talent and destroying a career, putting him on a team with no supporting cast. It would just be a disaster. So the more I sit on this and the more I think about it and the more I kind of pick apart the pros and cons, it's still they need an offensive line. They need an offensive line. And not getting a lineman with that first round pick at the 11th overall pick, I mean, that's a great pick. Having number 11, that they're set for an offensive lineman, probably the best offensive lineman in the draft. So them wasting that first pick and – Moving in for a quarterback that may or may not be good, uh, may not, may or not, should they are good, may or not, may or may not translate into the NFL and not have that supporting cast of an offensive line around him. It could be an absolute disaster. And like I said, it could set back the Titans five to seven years because now they're going to have to get rid of everyone to build, leave some cap room because they're going to be paying guys for a team that can't win more than seven or eight games. And that doesn't cut it anymore, especially if the Jaguars are on their way up. The Texans having the number two overall pick, and they're probably going for C.J. Stroud. So that's the thing. Now you have Jacksonville's on their way up. The Colts still have somewhat of a decent team put together. Obviously, they have their issues at quarterback, but they still have somewhat of a decent foundation. They they are always going to have the Titans number. And now you have Houston with a number two overall pick that they're trying to rebuild their team. And C.J. Stroud could be the next Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. But if he is, or if he's the next top-tier young quarterback, the Texans are going to be a scary team to face. So the Titans have to decide what's more important, getting up there and picking a quarterback right next to the Texans and building off that future or building a foundation with an offensive line, which is still, I think, the most important thing, 
so they can reassess next season if Ryan Tannehill's that guy, if Malik Willis can be that guy, or if they're going to have to make a move for a quarterback either next offseason or in the draft. So I think my final decision is that they need to go for, they need to be drafting and focusing on offensive line and wide receiver. Does that mean I think they're going to do it? I have no idea. And I, at the end of the day, I don't think anyone has a real idea unless they're having a direct conversation with Coach Rabel or Rand Carthon or someone in that team because there's no way to really tell. I mean, Mike Rabel said last season, as long as I'm head coach, A.J. Brown's going to be a Titan. And look how that turned out. So when it comes to draft day, anything could happen like we saw last season. And uh, I... I I'm predicting it's going to be a crazy draft night. Um, I think there are going to be trades. I think there are going to be moves. I think there are going to be deals being signed. We still have the Aaron Rodgers situation. Says he wants to go to the Jets, but that nothing's happening. He hasn't signed. The Jets haven't announced anything. You have the Lamar Jackson issue down in Baltimore. They just signed Odell Beckham Jr. They tagged uh, Lamar, but Lamar does wants to be traded. Will he be traded? There's still so much in the air, and if that doesn't get fixed by draft night, draft night is going to be an absolute mayhem. Super fun for someone like me on the outside just watching. Uh, might be a nightmare for Titans fans or and, uh, fans of other teams because anything can happen, and a, a trade can happen that may or may not break a team. It could set a team up for the future. It could set a team back. It's going to be really fun and kind of scary to watch. Um, but I still stand by the fact that I think the Titans should hold on to that 11th pick and they should pick up an offensive lineman and they should pick up a wide receiver. Uh, and they still have Traylon Burks. And if you can add another receiver in there along with Traylon Burks and maybe, you know, if he stays healthy, we can see a lot more from him. That's something you can build off of. But if they go for a quarterback, they're not getting that offensive lineman first round, obviously, because they're giving that up to the Cardinals. Second round pick most likely gone third round pick that may be gone as well but they're probably gonna be able to hold on to that but now we're talking about maybe a pick from next year and now a second or third round pick that the titans could really use next season if they decide to continue to retool and maybe add a quarterback or they add an offensive lineman or add a defensive star now that pick is gone and if this quarterback situation doesn't work out for the Titans, if they draft C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson, now they're without a second or third round pick. And that is going to cause chaos that Titans fans are going to be miserable for years. So there's still a whole lot going on. And we're going to continue to follow mock drafts and keep you guys up to date with any moves or announcements or any tr crazy trades that happened before uh, draft night here at the Sports Credential. And we're going to continue to discuss the possibilities of the Titans trading up and what the team will look like and what they should look like uh, going into next season. But we're going to hold off right there because I could just keep going on for hours. And I know you guys are not going to be listening to me for three hours talking about who the Titans should uh, draft and should that be a quarterback or should that be a, an offensive lineman? I think I got my point across pretty decently. So let's move on to the, before we finish our show and look at some of the top games that you guys should be looking forward to with the top events coming up in this next week. So sounds are at home all this week. I believe they're having a six game series against the Norfolk tides. Uh, first game today, Wednesday, and then they're playing a game every day until Sunday. 
So that's going to be a really fun series. They had a pretty decent series against Memphis last week. Was able to pull out three wins out of a six-game series. So split that series, including a an exciting doubleheader, which happened last Thursday. And it's going to be a beautiful week here in Nashville. So if you've got the time to head to the Sands game, you really should because they got a really fun team. And it's going to be a gorgeous week at First Horizon Park. Also this weekend, Vanderbilt hosts number six overall ranked in the country, South Carolina to Hawkins Field. First game against South Carolina will be Friday, April 14th, and they will play the 15th on Saturday, finishing the series on Sunday at 1 p.m. Vanderbilt's currently ranked number four in the country with Arkansas at five and South Carolina at six. LSU sitting at one, Florida sitting at three. SEC is stacked. SEC is stacked this year in baseball, and they're going to have their first real big test with South Carolina. Either if you're going to watch it on TV or head to Hawkins Field, you got to tune in because this series can really set the tone for the Vandy boys for the remainder of the season. That doesn't mean if they drop a couple games or drop the series against South Carolina, they can't bounce back. I'm not saying that at all. But baseball is a game of streaks. And if they can start off really strong against South Carolina, a really, really good South Carolina team, this can set a tone for the remainder of the season when they take on Tennessee and when they take on Kentucky and when they take on Florida and then finish the season against Arkansas. I mean, those are I mean, those are the best teams in the country right now. And Vandy's got to play all of them back to back to back to back. Make sure you turn in for that South Carolina, those South Carolina games, because those are going to be do or die. It's going to be lots and lots and lots of fun. Also happening this week, this Saturday, Nashville will be heading up to New York to play the uh, play NYCFC at Yankee Stadium. That game is at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. Nashville had NYCFC's number in the home opener here in Nashville, beating them 2-0. But Nashville has been struggling. I know they had that big game against Toronto that, I, I said that they, I, I, th- I thought they would be able to take out, pull out a 2-0 win or a 2-2 draw or something, but it ended in a stalemate, a nil-nil draw. Once again, another really poor offensive performance by Nashville. Defense looked great. You know, Sean Davis, Walker Zimmerman, Shaq Moore looked fantastic. The defensive back, uh, back line looked brilliant. And Joe Willis is just playing the best soccer he's play, ever played at least since i've started watching and following him and following this team uh he's been brilliant but sadly even after that two uh two nil win over orlando two weeks ago i thought they would be able to carry some of that momentum against toronto a team that really hasn't really found their identity yet this season with some questions surrounding and some injuries I thought this would be a great opportunity for Fafa and CJ and especially Hani to be able to take advantage and put some real quality shots on net, and they did not at all. And once again, every time they start to start to build something on offense, it would just start to it would just fall apart immediately. It would be a defensive clearing, and they just were never never able to properly build momentum that would lead to an offensive opportunity, which would lead into a shot. And just every time they started something, it would just fall flat or a pass would just miss or a deflection. And it was it was just they're playing 
frustrating soccer right now. And it's been like that for the last, probably since the New England game. Um, they just really have not been able to build anything that would allow them to put quality shots on net. And uh, it's going to get frustrating if they can't figure a way to do that. Because they have NYC FC, who are a very good team. And after that, they're hosting reigning MLS champions, LAFC, on the 22nd. Then they have USL team, San Antonio, for the uh, U.S. Open Cup. And then they end the month uh, hosting Atlanta. So after this NYC FC game, they have three straight home games to end the month of April. One against uh, LAFC and once against Atlanta, who... At the beginning of the season, I didn't think we were going to be very good, but with the Argentina, Thiago Almada, they look like a quality team that they're going to want to go into Giotto's Park and they're going to want to take down their rival Nashville SC, especially if they're in this weird limbo state where the defense is really good, but the offense is really bad, so they really can't figure out a way to win. So it's going to be really interesting. And if you're a soccer fan, uh, it might be a rough couple weeks. Uh, If you're not a soccer fan, I'd say pay attention because uh, a lot's going to happen these next couple weeks or a lot needs to happen. And if not, there could be some shakeups, whether that be severe roster changes or whatever conversations have been happening in the front office. But if they can't score, sports are very simple. Sports are very simple. You can't score points. You can't score runs. You can't score goals. Guess what? You're not going to win. And at the end of the day, that's the only reason why we watch is because we want to win. We want these teams to win. We want to see good performances and we want to see quality wins. And sadly, Nashville SC has not been able to really find that and carry that momentum uh, or build that momentum, I should say. So, yeah, big game. Nashville SC taking on NYC FC at Yankee Stadium this Saturday, the 15th at 630 And that's all we have for you this week at the Sports Credential Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure that you follow the Sports Credential Podcast on Spotify, Apple TV, and or YouTube. You can do all of them. I would love that. You can do just one of them. Whatever you like like listening to podcasts on, the Sports Credential Podcast is on there. And be sure to follow the Sports Credential on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram because we will have you covered for all Nashville sports news. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you guys are excited for some more Titans talk, especially with as the draft gets a little bit closer uh, right at the end of the month, April 27th, it's going to be draft time and it's going to be a lot to talk about. I'll hopefully have some guests on and we'll be able to take a deep dive into this Titans team. Lots and lots of fun to talk about. And really excited to talk and share it with you guys. Once again, thank you so much. I'm Stephen Bowero, and I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. <laughs>